Jersey Jack Pinball reveals new game. Deep Root Pinball fails to launch. Virtual Pinball Expo interview. Hi, my name is Jonathan Houston. I'm the editor of Pinball Magazine, and I'm joined here with... I'm Martin Ayer. I'm the editor of Pinball News, and we're here to look back at the uh, the wonderful month, uh, and a very interesting month it was too, of September 2020. Yes, and, uh, and we'll also be looking at um, uh, a bit of the first week of October, which actually uh, we're recording this October 4th, Sunday evening, um, local time. Uh, but, um, well, basically jumping into our first uh, headline, uh, Jersey Jack Pimble will reveal a new game tomorrow. And we'll be covering... Yes, and we will be covering that in this podcast, or actually I will, because Martin is actually leaving on holiday tomorrow, so too bad... Jersey Jack Pinball <laughs> didn't want to delay their well, no, launch. They, they didn't ask. I mean, it was uh, really thoughtless of them. But yeah, uh, so they're launching this new game uh, on October the 5th. And I and my partner go away on holiday uh, on October the 5th. So yeah. there we go. Um, I, I asked Jack about it. He said he didn't get the memo. Oh, that's typical. Uh, communications corrupt. Never mind. Next time. Yeah. Okay. So... Uh, but we can discuss what is leading up to this uh, new review because actually I think personally it's quite interesting uh, and it also has to do with events earlier this month uh, because basically Jersey Jack Pinball have been teasing uh, 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 their sixth Jersey Jack Pinball title uh, for I'd say about two weeks now. First there were um, a couple of videos in which uh, uh, the next chart topping hit for Jersey Jack Pimble was announced and uh, um, a couple of teasers like that and then the past five days actually including today we've had uh, photos on Jersey Jack Pimble uh, social media of Eric Meunier in one way or another with um, elements of his new game yes that's right um, up until now there's been absolutely no uh, acknowledgement of what the title of this, this game is. Um, and I add to that, um, distributors have been briefed that there is a new game coming, and everybody at Jersey Jack is referring to it as JJP6, mm-hmm. but nobody is mentioning any title or any or confirming anything. Well, I think last in our last monthly podcast, we did uh, an interview with Jack and... Um, Again, you know, he at that point he wasn't able to tell us exactly when the launch was going to be, but it wasn't wasn't long after that that uh, the fifth of October was promoted on Jersey Jack Pinball's social media as being launch day. Right. And but even then, you know, that it's although there have been hints dropped about what the title is going to be, and I think we said then that we thought it was going to be Guns and Roses. But there's been no confirmation of that and no direct link to that from any of the Jersey Jack Pinball um, social media um, images or videos or posts. So we're, we're assuming it's going to be that, but you know, we, we, could, we could be in for a big surprise. Right. Harry Potter, surprise us. <laughs> <laughs> However, uh, I think it's clear that it's, a, it's an Eric Mounier game. Yes, that's uh, or at least he's the the lead on that on that game. Yes, um, which is um, 
uh, well, Eric is very uh, versatile uh, inside Jersey Jack uh, Pinball. Uh, obviously, he's designing, uh, but he's not uh, afraid to uh, roll up his sleeves and, and help out in another department if necessary. No, he's certainly got plenty of knowledge of the electronics inside the game, as that was uh, that was his original role in the company as the uh, electronics engineer to redesign various parts of, of the of the game's hardware um, system. Right, he's done a, done a great job with that, and I think it seems to be pretty pretty rock solid these days compared to how it started out. But uh, yeah, as you say, he took that leap into uh, into game design with uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, right, being his first. And this is his second. Yes, and his first uh, standard body game. Yes, so it would appear. Um, now, we, um, what we do know is, um, and remember this has been recorded um, the day before the actual game reveal, so we're, we're only going on, on the pictures that have been produced on uh, Jersey Jack Pinball's Facebook page or uh, Instagram or elsewhere. But, uh, yeah, as you said, it's, it's been, a, been a novel and an interesting tease, because they've been doing the, the five days, as it were, of uh, Jersey Jack Pimble, which right. uh, could be seen as a bit of a, a bit of a slight or a bit of a, a poke of, of fun. Yeah, uh, at, at the five days of Deep Root that were planned for for uh, March 2018. Right, back at the Texas Pinball Festival. Right, so they've been doing a five days of JJP, posting a different picture. Uh, related to the, the game, yeah, which is uh, the last five days, which is, and I don't want to get ahead of myself with the next uh, uh, topic, no. but uh, if we're looking at like building up a uh, um, a reveal, then I think Jersey Jack Pimble is exactly showing deep root like this is how it's done. Yeah, it's, um, it's and, and it's I actually. Wouldn't it's, I wouldn't say it's been too um, over uh, too widely promoted but it, what the promotions they have done have been very very solid and very uh, effective I'd say right and I don't think we've ever seen anything like this from any pinball manufacturer at least in the past 20 years no no it's a, it's a novel approach uh, so we, we should probably get to go back and look at what those 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 five daily pictures were right uh, so started off with a picture of Eric standing next to the the back of uh, a, an unpopulated playfield. Right. Okay. So from that, you can see all the inserts and the switch holes. That that's uh, also tells out. us yes, and that tells us it's a standard body game. Exactly. Yes. So that's that's how we, that's how we know that much, or that's how we knew that much straight away. Um, there's also some some cutouts in in the playfield for some toys. That's clear and and scoops and, but. You know, from a, a blank playfield, there's only so much you can learn about the layout of the game. It's got one in, one in lane on uh, on one side and two in lanes on the, on the other side. Right. Um, it has. I was trying to work out how many flippers the game has from that. I, I reckon at least three, and possibly four, but I think probably three, just by working out where where the position of the of the flipper uh, plate uh, mounts can go. Right on there. Um, other than that, there's, there's a scoop by the looks of it. Um, I think there's a magnet in there, or uh, I think the cutout, one of the circular cutouts, will be a spinning disc of yeah. some kind. Which, uh, well, if it's Guns N' Roses, that would lean itself to be a record or a CD or uh, mm-hmm. something like that. But it could also be uh, something completely different, a pop-up mechanism, you never know. Yeah, okay. So, anyway, that was the first picture. Right. The second one... 
There was uh, Eric um, standing above a uh, uh, the underside of a uh, um, uh, populated playfield, with the underside being uh, up. So and and Eric with head and shoulders above that. Yeah, it looked like it was on a production line, and um, the focus was obviously on Eric, and the the uh, the playfield was was somewhat defocused um, as a result. Because uh, the depth of field of the shot, so yes. you couldn't make out an awful lot about the playfield, other than the fact that um, it uh, looked pretty complex to me. Um, yeah, in, in terms of uh, devices on the on the other side of the playfield, right. So, and um, uh, then the uh, the third image that they uh, revealed was actually a shot of the um, uh, the production line where you have these playfields rolling down. All upside down, so you only see the underside of the playfield, but you see a huge row of playfields uh, being uh, or already assembled underside. Yeah, uh, that was certainly a bit more revealing because um, you you could see where some of the mechanisms are. Um, you could try and work out what what they are, and you can, and you could relate that to the uh, the earlier picture of the of the blank playfield. Right. So you could you could see exactly where things were sitting on it and. Uh, well, it's, um, it's it's hardly worth going into it in too much depth because by the time you're listening to this, you will actually know exactly what is in the game. So <laughs> right. let's, let's not go get into speculation because it's, it's fairly pointless at this stage. Right. So, um, yeah, then the, uh, the fourth uh, game that was revealed uh, showed Eric uh, Meunier sitting on top of a um, uh, box... Uh, of a, a, a new inbox pinball box stop, uh, so to speak, where they uh, blurred out the title, uh, yeah. which which model it is, and um, um, and the fifth title, uh, obviously, uh, um, well, um, it's an interesting one, and I'm expecting actually a follow up to uh, the photo that I'm about to discuss right now. It shows Eric. Um, in uh, surrounded by uh, boxes of new inbox pinball machine, um, uh, all strapped up and sealed, yeah. exactly ready to ship. But if you look carefully at the at the photo, you see that it's actually um, uh, the, the 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 boxes are uh, lined up uh, in a uh, what's the word a symmetric way, um, arching at the top. And uh, it, says, uh, it appears that there's a couple of rows of boxes in a circular uh, movement at the top. So I'm expecting this picture to be um, uh, taken a larger uh, focus, so to speak, so we can actually see what kind of shape they are trying to um, to make. And it wouldn't be, uh, surprise me if that had something to do with the logo of a particular band. That <laughs> they tried to create uh, the logo uh, or do something with that. Um, what, a G shape, for instance, or an R shape, or something like that. Yeah, something like that. I'm not sure what they're doing, but and um, what I also can say, uh, obviously, we um, uh, we talked to Jack uh, last month, and in between uh, the last podcast, I also talked to Jack, and um, I think it's uh, obviously by now we, uh, when you hear this, it will be uh, already out there. But uh, the game will ship. Code complete, um, and um, we're very likely also to see games already delivered in Europe to European distributors. 
Right. Okay. So by by today or by by October the fifth, there will be uh, be games at distributors. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I'd heard that some that somebody that I know would, was expecting to get their game in their home on October the fifth. Right. So, which is very uh, actually very interesting because if you, um, uh, for example, look at uh, Stern's reviews, um, not all the time, but most of the time, Stern will announce a, ca- uh, a game and then it will go into production after it's being announced, and, and that could be uh, one or two weeks later, and in the, uh, in between that time, uh, people can obviously order the game. Uh, but it's not being assembled or uh, delivered. No, there have been instances where the game has been available at launch, but it's um, it, it's not the norm. It's the exception, I would say. Yes. So, anyway. Um, uh, well, obviously, we, we can continue talking about the tease of Jersey Jack Pimble for this new game, but, but at the end of this podcast, basically, I will be covering what the, what the new game is, uh, and uh, obviously we don't know yet, but it might actually very well be that we have an interview with somebody from Jersey Jack Pimble about the game as well. Yes, yeah, so Jonathan will be covering that while I'm, uh, while I'm, I'm sitting by the seaside um, admiring the views over over the, uh, the English Channel. Well, good for you. Well, assuming it's not pouring with rain like it has been for the past week. I hope it's not too foggy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, even so, I'm sure we'll find uh, find something to do. But, uh, yes, yeah, so Jonathan will uh, will pick up with that at the end of this podcast and uh, cover everything to do with the launch of Jersey Jack game number six. Okay, so I'm going to make an edit right here. Um, obviously, this podcast was... Um uh, recorded last night, and in the meantime, the uh, sixth Jersey Jack pinball game has been released, um, as has been rumored for months and months, if not longer. Um, it is actually Guns and Roses pinball, and the game is based on the Not in This Lifetime tour. The object of the game is certainly to recreate the the, um, the concert feel. If you would go to such a concert, and from the uh, the images in the video that I've seen so far, um, the, the this game has such an incredible light show, uh, unlike we've ever seen on on any pinball machine before. So, uh, congrats to Jersey Jack uh, Pinball, the entire design team, and and everybody there on uh, what most certainly looks like to be a, a hit game. Um, that will not easily be met uh, with much competition uh, by other competitors. I mean, this is really, um, especially when it comes to light show and sound integration and, um, well, basically theme integration, I would say, um, I am very impressed. So... Here's a couple of details about the game. Uh, obviously, there's various websites where you can find everything uh, listed by now. Um, just just quickly, there's three models, a standard, limited, and a collection, collector's edition. Um, the standard model has three flippers. Um, the limited and collector's edition have four flippers, and they also have an additional upper play field. Um, the game features 21 full-length Guns N' Roses uh, Studio Master recordings, um, as well as original pinball music created and performed by Slash. 
um, and ex uh, um, exclusive original instrumentation and sound effects recordings performed by Slash Duff, McKeegan, and Richard Fortas. So, um, lots of uh, um, um, new music uh, and sound effects available in this game. Um, each model has its own art package. Uh, the playfield uh, art looks uh, identical on all three models, but um, the, the cabinet and back glass artwork is uh, different. It's been created by four different artists under uh, art direction of Jean-Paul De Wynne. Um, hopefully we will be talking to Jean-Paul De Wynne about working on this game uh, later this week. And uh, that will be part of a, uh, a bonus episode that we're planning to record soon. Um, the game is really, really impressive. You just have to go online and, and see for yourself. Um, this week in Pinball had a, uh, a deep dive ready to go with lots of picks, which is uh, interesting to note, not only because they had the pictures, but uh, mostly because it's very surprising that the Jersey Jack Pinball website hardly didn't have any picks of the games, no close-ups. Uh, you had to look really well to find the Playfield photo and um, uh, or the flyers of the game. So... Uh, kudos to This Week in Pimble for that. Um, there was a sales mailing uh, which I received 90 minutes after the game was revealed and at um, that point I already received notes that certain distributors already sold out of uh, collector's editions. So um, chances are that people received this mailing and are no longer able to, to order a collector's edition. But okay, that's... I'm just putting it out there, that's what I noticed. Um, I didn't receive a press release, which is also kind of interesting, um, other than the sales mailing that I received, so I'm not sure whether there is an official uh, press release. Um, but I'll, uh, I don't know what to make of that. Uh, I was expecting one, and, it did, and I didn't see one yet. So... Um, as I mentioned, um, well, originally the plan was, uh, when Martin and I recorded this podcast, that I would record a section to insert at the end with additional interviews. It appears that, uh, as far as I understood, everybody at Jersey Jack who I would like to talk to is currently busy with other stuff, um, and it appears no one is available. So we'll be talking to them probably later this week, uh, record a special bonus episode and I'll put that up uh, whenever it's ready, whenever we talk to people um, who are discussing stuff that we haven't heard anywhere else uh, yet. So um, that's the update for now on uh, the new Jersey Jack game Guns N' Roses. Um, and for now, let's continue with the uh, September recap and uh, pick up where Martin and I uh, left off, and there will be no additional uh, extra segment recorded to follow the, at the end of this podcast. But uh, this is the insertion, and uh, from here, Martin and I will continue discussing September 2020. Um, I think the biggest story of uh, the last month was uh, the announced reveal or launch uh, by Deep Root Pinball, and then that didn't go exactly as planned. So there's a lot to talk about that. 
although we can keep it very brief, they didn't launch. <laughs> no, well, they kind of did, but then, but, well, they, they tried. Um, basically, the, the plan was on the 21st of uh, September, they, were, they announced and had, had, lead, had teased in the lead up to that, saying that this was going to be their big reveal or at least hinting at it. It was just, um, they'd sent out information about that. But um, the weekend before, they invited a group of six uh, various people from who do podcasts, websites, um, to come and basically be guests at that launch and give their feedback yeah, on it. And, and it's interesting to note that I think most of them were um, uh, all located in Texas, uh, except for two, I think. Um, so, so most of them, I wouldn't say they are local, but they are at least uh, in Texas and um, sort of near or within traveling distance of San Antonio, except for uh, for two people, uh, right. two of those. And um, so, what apparently happened is these people they traveled down to San Antonio. They were. Um, uh, uh, Put in a hotel. Uh, they were taken out to dinner, and um, they got the, uh, the the tour of the facility. They they uh, basically saw a lot of what was going on at Deep Root, and um, um, we're not exactly sure what happened. But based on the feedback that these six gave to um, uh, Robert Mueller and uh, uh, Stephen Bowden and other people around. Deep Root decided to completely postpone their announced reveal or launch date of September 21st. Yeah, which is it's kind of gobsmacking, really, that uh, having having promoted this so heavily and, and, and teased and, in the lead up to it, and this wasn't and the first for time. for weeks they, they yeah. teased it for like like three weeks that this that this reveal was coming up. You know. Yeah, this was uh, the third attempt to launch after uh, March, as I mentioned earlier, in 2018 at uh, the Texas Pinball Festival, five days of Deep Root, which was cancelled because they weren't ready for it. The The event that was meant to take place this March uh, in San Antonio at the facility, where uh, you and I, Jonathan, were, were all planning to uh, to go there along with lots of other people. Right, and then COVID happened. Yeah, so you, I guess you can't really blame deep root for that no but you can wonder what are they what were they going to show because well quite yes it was um, six months later and apparently they have to cancel their announced uh, uh, reveal and um, so so okay we can we can discuss about uh, what we think of that but I think what's more important um, uh, to talk about what we've seen and what we haven't seen. Yes, okay. Well, having announced that uh, they, they were pulling the, the launch through a message on their website and, uh, uh, well, we had an um, email on the launch day, didn't we? Um, yes. Us that it wasn't going to happen from Robert. Um, they, they put a message up on the Deep Root website saying that, uh, basically announcing that uh, the, the launch has been cancelled due to feedback and... Um, 
I think that message is still there. We should. Yes. And no. Very strange for, mm-hmm. a, for a, yeah, and a company no, looking to remote itself to have a, an apology caption up for for so long. Yeah, and uh, no new re- uh, launch date has been announced either. No. So, what happened then was that two pictures of the uh, Retroatomic Zombie Land adve- uh, Zombie Adventure Land or Raza, as we can call it, or Raza yes. from now on. Uh, to avoid having to say all that again. Two pictures of that were leaked, okay? Two pictures from the launch event. Now, it's not known, not known by us at least, who who leaked them, and to be honest, it didn't really matter. But they did show the game uh, from the front and from the side. Right. Uh, And that, of course, uh, prompted a whole lot of uh, speculation and questions and... uh, Yes, and, and we that, might have to explain uh, why, because the game, uh, there, there's probably, uh, well, there's a couple of things that people bothered about that game, or that they noticed, but the most noticeable is that um, the game has a sort of uh, a floating back box, I would say, which is uh, on, on, on uh, well, you, you know, best it's kind of like It's kind of like two poles. Yes. Isn't it? That that's holding up the back box, um, and the game has a, instead of a start button, it has a touch screen uh, above the apron. Yeah, kind of built into the lock bar, I guess you'd say. Yes, and um, that's where people uh, start a game. And what also was uh, very concerning to a lot of people is that. Uh, the lock bar that they uh, used on this uh, prototype uh, basically had uh, pointy corners. Yes, it was uh, basically a rectangular block rather than having a nice curved front to it and curved corners that uh, wouldn't harm the hands. Right. So we've seen this kind of thing before with, uh, with, with other games like Stellar Wars. Not only that, um, um, Full Throttle. Uh, from uh, Highway Pimble comes to mind. Yeah, yeah, and those games were not comfortable to play in the in the long term. No, exactly. But um, I mean, as, as as well as not knowing exactly what it was that was said that uh, caused the, the the cancellation of the launch, what's equally amazing is um, the fact that these these problems existed and nobody at the company appeared to be aware of them. Or people were aware of them, but um, management didn't uh, want to listen to them. Well, that is sometimes the case that it takes people from outside to come along and, and point out exactly the same things that your internal people have been telling you, and then it's taken on board, right. rather than uh, just listening to your own staff because they they might have you no, know, they might not have the authority. But right. if, if if people realise that the rest of the world is thinking the same then, uh, yeah, it carries more weight at that point. And, but, yeah, as you said um, earlier, you know, was this what was going to be shown in March? Or um, has there been development well, there is, those, those uh, six months since? And, and, and also take in, uh, take in mind that uh, Raza uh, was actually shown at the uh, um, Houston Arcade Expo in November mm. of last year. Two prototypes were there, which were actually... Uh, playable and then they basically uh, um, redeveloped the game or or tried to improve the game Um, and they um, well that resulted in now they have one 
playing game. Uh, but from what I understood from listening to various podcasts, uh, people were able to play the game, but only to a certain extent, which is telling me that there's probably uh, um, uh, incomplete software and they were afraid that people would uh, uh, try to activate certain modes or so that would not be there. And It's just an assumption, but that, that's the feeling that I got. So, okay, so let's be let's be clear. The people who were there, nearly all of them, I think, were asked to sign non-disclosure agreements. Right. So they were only allowed to talk about things or, or show things that they've been t- that uh, Robert and Deep Root have agreed can be shown or, or talked about, or have been already uh, been shared in public, and as such are public knowledge. So then they can be talked about. Yes, um, I, I, I don't know whether that would, be, that would um, include things that have been leaked, like those images. You know, if uh, those images were leaked, were, would everybody else then be able to talk about those? Uh, I think they did anyway. So, yeah, well, as it turned out, um, there was uh, there was an, the next stage, which which to me looked like a bit of a uh, bit of panicking. Oh, absolutely, yes. I feel the same way. I got the same impression. So yeah. basically what happened is we have uh, September 21st, a, uh, a cancelled reveal, which obviously is causing a shitstorm on social media, <laughs> if you want to call it. Pardon my French, but basically that's... That, a very good description. Yeah, yeah but, but basically that's, that, that's what happened. And uh, everybody started commenting on the, on the two leaked photos. Uh, everybody had an opinion on what would uh, uh, become to known as the pin bar and uh, the floating back box. Um, and um, so the next move a, a, a day later is that um, this weekend Pinball published an article that was uh, for a large part, I suppose, written by Robert Mueller of Deep Root himself, uh, completed with some elements of um, uh, Jeff from uh, This Week in Pinball. Um, in which, who was at uh, the event. Yes, who was at the event. And um, with a lot of details on the innovations uh, regarding the game um, and, the, and the Deep Root platform, if you will, um, as well as, and we'll get to that in a little bit, uh, an, a full announcement of upcoming titles. Which is yes, it was, uh, very uh, odd. But but getting to the uh, the announced, uh, um, well, obviously the pin bar was explained and what it does and how it's supposed to function and what have you. Uh, the back boxes were explained. Uh, um, the artwork on the back boxes was sort of was explained. I don't have the article in front of me. If you want to read it completely firsthand, go to this weekend pinball. Uh, you have no trouble finding it. It's it, it's it's. Um, a uh, very easy to find article about uh, all basically describing uh, in what way Deepwood has been trying to raise the bar, if you want to uh, call it that, in uh, in pinball. The interesting thing that I noticed, and obviously others as well, um, they've been trying to innovate almost everything about the pinball game except what happens with the ball under the glass. Yeah, although I would say quite a lot of those innovations are of ideas that have been tried before. Well, not, not necessarily adopted. 
Right. Or, uh, and, and some of them are uh, techniques used in other industries. For example, the uh, hydraulic system to lift the playfield glass, which is basically coming from the car industry, if you want. Yeah, I mean, but the, the, the fact that the glass is in a is basically in a, in a magazine or a cassette with the side rails, so you, you lift the whole thing out and lift it up in this case. But um, which has been done with Bally. Bally did that in the past. They uh, yeah, it didn't have the hydraulics on it, but it, it did have to, to to pivot it around the the bottom of the back box and and raise it yeah. so you could access the playfield. And uh, it was, it, but that, that obviously comes with the issues in that um, you need to have a, a high ceiling in order to lift that whole thing up. Yeah, and um, it appears that the glass is actually longer because it also has this, this section for the pin bar, but that could be yeah. cosmic. Uh, when you, when you, um, you could be fooled by that. Uh, yeah. um, uh, no, it appeared to be. Uh, it includes a frame yes. through which, you, which the display is, is, is uh, visible. Um, but then you know, the highway pin will also put their, uh, <coughs> their playfield glass in, in with the, uh, the, the, side, you know, the, uh, the, the side rails. And that, that whole thing was, was you could actually pull it off or you lift it off um, rather than pivot it up. You could pivot right. it up as well, but you could just lift the whole thing off yeah. and therefore you didn't need the height. So that's all been done before. But it, it, it actually makes things quite expensive compared to you know, yeah. having two and, it's, it's, uh, and sliding the glass into it. Right. And uh, so the, 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 uh, what, what sort of resonated with me is, um, yes, there are a lot of innovations uh, uh, with the cabinet being tried uh, by Deep Root. But eventually, people don't buy a game because they like the cabinet. They buy a game because they like, actually, the game that is being played on the playfield. True. Um, I, will, I will say um, publicly that I, there were quite a few things on there I, I did like. I, um, things like... Um, Printing on the back of the playfield where all the components are. Yes, I'm sure that's that's useful. It's uh, been done before as well. I think CERN is even doing that right now. It's it's useful in for construction, you'd think as well. You know, when they're actually building the game, to be able to have a, a an idea of where everything goes. You know, right, those people have to bolt them on. It's a confirmation of that. And the pin bar itself, I I'm in two minds about it. I think it's actually a great. Uh, control surface. Right. So, so and, uh, did we cover? To do a lot of things. Did we cover what the pinball is? It's a touch screen this, uh, with the width of a pinball machine, basically uh, uh, above the apron, um, and you start the game there, but you also control your, um, uh, for example, during a gameplay, your magnet safe over there, and it's also used for navigation if you're a service tech uh, to to. Um, uh, look up if there's any switches not functioning or, or what have you and um, it's completely replacing basically the traditional um, service menu where you have four buttons at your disposal of which usually two are volume buttons and oh well you know the system if you're uh, familiar with, uh, with pinball machines but then again it's an innovation that's only um applicable to the number of people that actually are going to use that menu are a lot fewer than the people actually playing the game. Yeah, I would actually almost counterintuitively say that I think it's it's that's one of its least useful functions is for navigating um, the menus in the, in the service and um, adjustments and uh, audits menus. 
because because of the shape of the display, it's it's a really ultra wide, not very tall panel. So if you imagine you know, trying to put something like um, a playfield image on there, showing you where the location of all the switches are, or all the lamps, uh, the solenoids, you know you can't do it because it's the wrong shape. It's it's very wide and it's not tall. If you if you think those who've seen it on like a Jersey Jack pinball. If you go into the service menu there, you've got a picture on the right of the uh, of the playfield, and on the left you've got the the, the switches, uh, or the solenoids, or the lamps. And uh, as you go through, because of the shape of the display, you can get it all on there. I think this panel is not going to be that good at showing that kind of thing. And the one in the back box is exactly the same shape. It's bigger, but right. it is the same aspect ratio. Right. So I don't think that's the great thing. I think the really good thing, though, is for doing things like if you're uh, logging in to get your game profile, then you obviously can have a keyboard on there, which you type your name in rather than having to go left and right on the buttons to try and select the right right um, letter and then press the start button in order to lock it in. And, and the same for putting high scores and that kind of thing in there. I don't think it's going to be great for doing things like scores, at least not until the end of the game, because you remember other other companies have tried putting scores, score displays down by the or on the apron or towards the lockbar area, and no one really liked that. They always want to look up to see where, right. see where their scores are. Yeah, so it is interesting that you have a um, uh, a display in this case below the flippers, so it can help you during gameplay. But then again. But You're supposed to be it also blocks the, the view of the flippers to a degree as well because the the lock bar is a lot bigger. And and um, yeah, so um, but but okay, so um, there is a certain innovation with this pin bar, whether it's a good one. Okay, that's one thing. But um, like I said, it appears all the innovations have to do with the cabinets and um, uh, not so much with actual gameplay or. Uh, interaction with the ball so far uh, that at, at least as as far as we've seen and that was actually what everybody was waiting for people want to be blown away by a game that they say like wow how come nobody thought of this before yeah true um, but I suppose the argument could be that there's only so much you can do on a play field um, so if you make the the play field part of a sort of overall entertainment package including multiple displays then um, it, it adds value to whatever you are doing on the play field right if I may believe a certain podcaster um, uh, Canada I'll just say his name uh, we're about to be blown away by the sixth game of Jersey Jack Pinball um, which might put everybody um, behind that's putting out a game based on on old um, the, the way that we used to play pinball so to speak but then again we don't know uh, uh, at this point it's still Sunday evening we haven't seen that game yet so we don't know how revolutionary it will be although it's being rumored that it might be so well they were certainly um, teasing shall we say the uh, the innovation in in this game uh, with a, a video a while back saying uh, if you want innovation you haven't seen anything yet yes so, so, let's, so let's, see. let's well. Expectations are very high, um, but so here's a, uh, getting back to Deep Root. Here we have hmm. a a company that has been innovating almost everything around the playfield, but not so much 
as far as far as we have seen on the play field. And the other thing that actually um, I find rather disturbing is that so we have a situation where six outsiders are invited to visit a, uh, a pinball wannabe company. Um, they leave their feedback, but we still have no idea what type of feedback they left. Everybody that has been on podcasts is saying like, oh, this was wonderful, that was wonderful. But they left feedback that was apparently so serious that DeepRoot decided to cancel their reveal. Yeah, and that's part of the NDA. You know, they're not allowed to talk about those things, which is crazy, really. You know, um, I don't know if everybody was aware they'd have to sign those NDAs when they when they first turned up, or the impact of that such NDAs would have. Yeah, well, it's um, it turns a I don't know, it turns a a failed launch into almost a, you know, a fiasco in a way. Now, if you could just be open and honest about it and say these are the things which we didn't know, which we've now learned, and which we're going to address. Then fine, you know, be open and honest about it. It's all about secret, you know. No, no one can say, no one can talk about what they saw um, for for fear of being sued. You know, it's uh, it's a crazy situation to put everybody in, and it doesn't look good for the company either. Right. So, and then um, actually, I don't want to. I think we covered the the, uh, the innovation bit. If you want to read more about it, please visit this week in pinball. Uh, dot com. Um, but then there is the. Um, uh, an, uh, announced upcoming games, and it's not just one or two. No, I think they announced like eight, with another four or five, uh, also uh, um, sort of announced, but probably further away. And yeah, a, a few of them we knew, but um, there were certainly some surprises in there. Right. So, and in the meantime, so uh, one of the themes announced as a uh, uh, upcoming title is uh, food truck which uh, obviously reminded a lot of people instantly about um, Diner, which is a, a Mark Ritchie game uh, from 1990, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I couldn't give you the year, but um, yeah, absolutely Mark Ritchie one, and uh, also had, had kind of thoughts about Taxi as well. Right, which uh, is also, uh, yeah. It's not another Mark Ritchie game. Yeah, exactly. And... Um, uh, artwork images of that game were also shared, and I think uh, one of the animators has is uh, is no longer working for Deep Root as an ex- uh, Deep Root employee, and maybe he never was. Uh, but it's a, a, a third party, basically, um, and they put these uh, what I understood uh, artwork in their uh, portfolio reel. So uh, that was quickly discovered by uh, by someone. I don't know. Forgive me about that. Um, but it's interesting to see, okay, so the animations look very cool. Uh, the theme, I can think, uh, for an original theme, sure. Um, Dino worked in the, in, the, in the 90s, so sure, why not, you know. If, you're, if you want to get back to not too complex uh, pinball that's ex- accessible for everybody, and that I think that's exactly what Deep Road is trying to do, then I think Food Truck is a, is a great theme. It would certainly be very different from, uh, from Raza. If you were looking for a, a simpler playfield, but right. uh, it's worth mentioning that food truck is uh, a Barry Ausler design, right? And Barry has been a very busy boy. If we look at the at the other designs, I think he's probably listed for four or five games. Not even sure. Well, certainly four. His um, the second one in which he's down 
for is um, is a band in um, based on the band The Who. Who? Yes, that's right. Ah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, we're not clear exactly um, what that's going to uh, include, whether that's going to be based on their albums, their live performances, or uh, or any particular one album. It might might be. I think you have to smash guitars. Ah, okay, okay. Well, ho- hopefully that uh, that comes with re- replacements then for when that happens. Um, yeah, so the Who um, is a music game, uh, but from Barry. Um, another another game from Barry is uh, Gladiator. Yes, uh, not apparently based on the movie, but uh, actually um, the same kind of theme, I think. Yes, you, know, you start as a gladiator, you try. Yeah, and, yeah. Well, uh, you start as a slave and you build yourself. Uh, oh, right. Yeah, as a, um, as a you, you become a gladiator or by fighting in the arena, climbing right. the ranks, and then, and then try and overthrow the emperor and something uh, like that. Yeah, take control of the the, the Roman Empire. Yeah, and the interesting uh, thing here is that that game is based on the uh, Space Cadet layout, which is a, um, a a virtual pinball game that was included in Windows 95, I think. Yes. Um, it's, it was actually quite popular. I, I played it for quite a long time. I, I, I know other people do as well. But um, I guess they licensed that then. The, the 3D no, actually, no, they did not. From what I, they not? From no. what I hear is they tried licensing it and uh, the reason that it's called Gladiator is because they couldn't license it, so they're using the layout because that can be uh, okay. uh, can't be copyrighted or, or whatever. Uh, but they can't use the name Space Cadet, so that's why it became Gladiator. And uh, which is probably for the best because, uh, as far as I remember, playing Space Cadet um, theme-wise, it didn't do that much for me. No, presumably they would have been able to do a lot more with it as far as the rules and the integration goes, but they've gone a different route anyway and then gone for a gladiator theme. So, right. fair enough. Right. That was a, that's another Barry Alsa uh, yeah. design. Yeah, then we have a, a design called yeah. Machine Age. Yeah, um, no no idea exactly what that is yet. That's just a, a sort of... A that's a description, but it didn't ring any bells or, or what have you. So, uh, But it's interesting... Um, obviously, uh, actually, um, I should probably correct there, but Machine Age is actually a Dennis Nordman theme oh. um, title. Oh, yeah, sorry, that was my mistake. It's in your, I'm reading your notes, <laughs> and it says Barry Osler. <laughs> so, yeah, no, um, Barry is down for a, a, a to be decided title, right? Well, which, uh, which hasn't been announced, um, but it's about something about space pirates, uh, which is based on Black Hole. Yes, and that might include a, uh, from what I understood from one of the podcasts, it might include a uh, spinning disc in the back box. Oh, right, okay. So I'll just uh, update my notes to, to uh, correctly credit Dennis, who of course is no longer working for uh, a Deep Root right. pinball. Um, just to say that, uh, that, yeah. that Machine Age is one of his. But uh, there are also... Um, John Norris, of course, is, is uh, another designer. Yes. He's got uh, Merlin's Arcade. Yes, which I believe, um, knowing uh, the history of uh, John Norris for quite a bit, um, the last game John Norris um, worked on design-wise is uh, uh, a game that was uh, released as Sharkish Shootout, but it had a completely different rule set than uh, John Norris originally intended. Uh, which did not sit with him very, very well. Um, so he has been 
uh, working on a um, uh, a game that I think he called Wizard, if I'm not mistaken, um, for years, uh, sharing on his social media, Facebook, um, that uh, uh, what he was working on with Wizard, and that game is basically. Uh, based on the same playfield as uh, Sharky Shootout, and as it happens, uh, this Merlin's Arcade is based on the uh, the loosely based on the layout of uh, Eight Ball Deluxe, which actually happens to be uh, also the inspiration for Sharky Shootout. Yes, absolutely. Yes, um, yeah. Sharky um, Sharky Shootout was uh, I was trying to remember the name of the game that uh, that John designed that. Uh, Golden Q. That's it, Kelly Packard's Golden Q. That's yes. It. Yeah, to give it its full title before uh, it became Jeanette Lee and um, Sharky Shootout. Um, yeah, Golden Q was uh, was also based on, as you said correctly, on uh, on a sort of it's a, a modernisation of Eight Ball Deluxe by adding right. ramps and um, and a, a, I think can't remember whether it had the eight ball in it or not, but. Uh, the Magic Eight Ball, but it was uh, yeah, basically the same kind of idea with the uh, pool shooting game. Yes, and so. uh, it's interesting to see that that's now sort of resurfaced in Merlin's Arcade for Deep Root. Although I think John has said publicly that it's it's only very loosely based yes. on Eight Ball Deluxe and right. uh, significant changes so, to, to that design. Now, if you were Stern Pinball and uh, one of your upcoming wannabe competitors announced that they are doing a game which is loosely based on the uh, 8 Ball Deluxe uh, playfield and the designer actually worked for you in the past and designed the game based on that same 8 Ball Deluxe playfield. What's stopping you from digging up the Sharky Shootout playfield layout and see, hmm, what can we do with that today? Uh, well, apart from the fact it wasn't that popular, I suppose. Um, yeah, but that had probably to do with the rules, and basically, no Stern games at that time were popular because well, there. That's the, true. Yeah, there was a huge gap between what Belly Williams had put out at that time and what where Stern picked up the ball. No pun intended. Yeah, well, it was um, it was at the time when they were trying to um, to collaborate with incredible technologies in order to uh, the Golden Tee people in order to do online tournaments. And that never really happened. So uh, it was all a bit of a, a bit of a damp squib in a way. It probably never happened because nobody enjoyed playing that game. Well, yeah, but um, if, if there were no big prizes to be won uh, and um, no tournament pots to be built up, it, it could have worked well. But I think there's, there's uh, enough other challenges there around uh, gambling and pinball that uh, it was couldn't be overcome. So. It was almost doomed from the start, trying to trying right. to go down that route. So, so I don't want to tip off anybody at Stern, but if I were Stern, I'd be. I, I mean, if if a future competitor is is coming up with something, and you already have basically half the game done, um, see what you can do with that. I, at least that, that what I that's what I would do, and it might not be a popular move, but it makes so much sense <laughs> business wise. <laughs> yes, well, it'd certainly be a, a spoiler, I suppose. Um, but yeah, so, so moving on from um, from uh, from that particular Merlin's Arcade from John Norris, um, we mentioned Dennis Nordman earlier as from Machine Age, but he's also got another game out which um, is co-credited to Robert Mueller, 
right. uh, which is called Yukon Yeti and billed as a sequel to Whitewater. Right. Uh, so, so that's got some some big shoes to fill, and <laughs> there have been some images shown there as well of, of yes. some characters from the game, and it does look very childish. childish. Yes, exactly. Yes, uh, it doesn't look like a natural follow up to Whitewater, but we haven't seen the playfield, so who knows? Yeah, um, it's uh, it certainly looks to be appealing to a to a younger demographic, and uh, it's a concept description says a goofy and light hearted game. Right, mischievous so. and lovey, uh, lovable, I should say. Uh, teenage y- Yukon Yeti feuds with the gold miners uh, against the backdrop of the late eighteen nineties uh, Yukon Gold Rush. So, yeah, okay, maybe it's more like a sort of um, gold, uh, gold reef meets whitewater, something like that. Yeah, I was saying no good gophers, really. Oh, where nice. you've got uh, the Yetis trying to uh, frustrate the gold miners. You know, as opposed to Buzz and Bud trying to frustrate the golfer. Right, okay. So, um, there's I'm, all, I'm, all... I'm guessing that... I'm sorry, just butt in there. I'm guessing that's credited to Robert Mueller and Dennis Norman because Dennis well, Norman started it and Robert Mueller took it over when Dennis left. Right, so... And, uh, well, Robert Mueller is also credited as the designer for Fire and Brimstone, a uh, the first biblical-themed uh, pinball, I suppose. Yeah, it doesn't exactly sound like a, a, a bundle of laughs, does it? But um, it does say relive the Old Testament alongside the prophets of, of ancient times. Oh, yeah. Build up faith or suffer the fire and brimstone of the wrath of God. Well, who doesn't enjoy that? I was going to, well, you took the words right out of my mouth. So, and then there's uh, a couple of other titles uh, um, sort of announced or further down the way, including... Um, well, there's a hint dropped for a uh, 2021 title, although at this point I really doubt whether we should take 2021 into uh, too too seriously. But the hint is, hey, you guys, which everybody is uh, reading as a reference to The Goonies. Yeah, I don't know the movie, so... Yeah, I think I watched it one time, and it's, a, uh, it's, it's about some kids uh, and... Seriously, I wouldn't be able to tell you what it's about, but um, uh, apparently uh, Pinheads in America uh, have been begging for the Goonies as a pinball theme. Um, I really couldn't care less. Mm, well, same here. Um, having never watched it and don't particularly have a, a desire to watch it. They, the only link I've had with the Goonies is that uh, after visiting um, a Northwest pinball show, I think it was after, or maybe it was before, um, I spent some time in Oregon and um, before driving up there to, to that show, I think it was actually maybe after a, uh, a show in California, uh, the Golden State, and then sort of I was doing the, the road trip. And I, and I went to uh, um, a town in, uh, in Oregon on the coast, which was actually the home of the Goonies house. And the, just the weekend before, there had just been a, a big Goonies um, fan festival there celebrating the film and uh, visiting doing tours of the house okay so there, so so there are people enjoying the movie there is a oh, absolutely yeah uh, okay. it meant nothing to me but apparently it was uh, it was a, a big event for the for the town right but that's the same with music by john legend everybody loves it i have no idea what it's like <laughs> right yeah yeah i'll go along with you with that i don't either so um okay. but um so um I don't want to speculate here, but what I find interesting 
Um, I can see why uh, this article, which was mostly written um, uh, by Robert Mueller himself, um, why that was published in the sense, I can understand that if you want to kill the, the negative uh, uh, um, comments that have been coming after the, the, the launch had been cancelled, um, I can understand that you want to give people information so they shut up because then they might see the way it's intended. But there was no... I, I couldn't find a good reason why they would announce all these titles to be able... Uh, that, that, that would be coming down the line. I mean, if they couldn't even get Retro Atomic Zombie Adventureland ready in time. There was... Yeah, uh, announcing titles is easy. Actually, uh, coming, building the games... That's the difficult part. Yeah, so that, uh, and it's interesting, uh, several people uh, suggested that uh, the only reason uh, they could think of to announce such titles is to interest investors to put money into the company. I'm not saying that's true, I'm just saying that's what some people online said or discussed in other uh, uh, media. That's true, yeah. Um, any investor would want to see a pipeline of, of products which uh, are scheduled and slated to, to be released in the, in the not-too-distant future. Yeah, but if I were an investor and I know a little bit about Pinball, I would want to see a manufacturing line, and so far we haven't seen that either. No, well, that's that's the um, like the elephant in the room, really. Is that there's no indication anywhere here exactly how they're going to build these games. We can see, we can see one prototype, and... And one prototype that's not finished and has um, sufficient difficulty or different problems with it that, they, that it can't uh, be revealed fully right. in, a, in a public way. So yeah, what um, you wouldn't normally you wouldn't normally release details of your, your pipeline of, of titles because it could it could kill sales of uh, the current title. Yeah, that's always been the argument. You know, why would you? So somebody look at that and say, right, oh, I, I want I want the Who game from, from Barry. That's going to be a real fantastic game, so I'm not going to buy anything from Deep Root until that comes out. Right. So it didn't make any sense to me. But we, we did see um, some other titles as well from, well, obviously, Raza is, um, is a John Poppity game. But John's also slated um, to to uh, bring out Magic Girl, right? His, uh, his well, which was going to be his first title, but from Zidware, right? Uh, so that's also um, in in the pipeline, and there's also a list of other titles that are in development. Uh, one of which this is Alice, right? Which we will assume is Alice in Wonderland, right? Which was another title John was uh, was working on, but. Um, Beyond that, there's well, there's well, people like Barry and um, have like three or four titles in the in the uh, pipeline. Yeah. Um, other designers have a, have a lot fewer. Now we know Barry's you no know, fantastic worker and, and and manages to create game designs from you know, in record time. Right. So maybe that's the reason, but we don't we don't know. It didn't seem like there's anything in in the list there that uh, beyond the, the titles from John that we already know that uh, John might be working on. No, and um, yeah, well, obviously, well, there's, uh, I think there's five or six 
uh, titles mentioned. I suppose John Norris is at least working on one of those as well. Um, yeah, it must be. And um, oh well, we'll just have to wait. Um, at this point, I'm like, okay, first let's see Deep Root uh, actually get some manufacturing going, uh, build games, uh, um, uh, get. Uh, or, or take out all the the child diseases that 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 are are certain to happen when you start up a manufacturing uh, uh, process. I mean, mm-hmm. um, look at Jersey Jack. Um, they had the manufacturing facility, and they ran into much so they ran into so much technical issues with uh, the Wizard of Oz. Uh, resulting in completely redesigned board sets, lightning systems, mm. or uh, uh, all that kind of stuff, you know. Um, and that doesn't mean, uh, 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 basically that means if you start manufacturing, you're in for surprises. Let's put it like that. And actually I'm surprised to see how well American Pinball is doing because they started up manufacturing. I don't think they run into that, that much difficulty. No, I mean they were obviously running on, on the P-Rock board set, um, for their uh, main main system and, and a PC base as well inside, so it was that part of it was relatively well understood and a, and a standard shape and non innovative cabinet for it as well. So yeah, they were able to get games built and uh, and and on the line and and into uh, distributors and, and buyers' hands uh, relatively quickly. Well, certainly compared to Deep Root. Right. And or indeed, and, and compared to Jersey Jack as well, I think they they they, they learnt the lessons, and uh, they, I think, because of the the family connections they have there, they have a good understanding of what it takes to actually build things, rather than uh, just come up with concepts and and work on just the software. Right. Okay. Um, right now, I say okay. Since Deep Root did not launch, and it, it appears that it will take some time before they actually will, can we move on to uh, companies that mm. are actually manufacturing pinball machines? Yeah. Okay. Well, let's start with the with the most successful one of the lot. Then uh, with Stern, right? Because um, they've been well. Last month we covered the the launch of uh, Avengers Infinity Quest. Yes, uh, which, which is uh, a game that has been really uh, received a lot of positive feedback and was received with a lot of enthusiasm. I would say, if I'm not. Um, well, that's probably an understatement. People were really very enthusiastic about this game. Uh, obviously, the, the design style of uh, Keith Elwin, um, a lot of people appreciate uh, very much. Yeah, agreed. And they started off as, as usual with the with producing some pro models, so they can get those out into arcades and uh, and operation very quickly. As of the 25th of September, they uh, they started producing the limited edition models. Right. And then uh, after that, they'll they'll move on to the, the premiums and then obviously more pros right. as well. Probably mix the premiums with the pros um, in once the, all the limited edition ones are, are built. Um, needless to say, uh, I believe all the, uh, the LEs have, have sold out. Oh, that's not, so, not a surprise. Um, yeah. I, I think, I'm not sure whether it's fair to say, but that's a, I'd say that's a, almost a uh, common stern tactic. Announce a game before any game is on the line. Uh, limited editions will sell out. Yeah. Uh, whether they're all actually bought by buyers or just um, given or allocated to distributors. Right. I don't know. but And uh, then it still remains to be seen whether the game is any good or not, although 
uh, code really would have to suck to make this a bad game. Yeah, I've seen some gameplay videos and uh, from and Jack Danger's Dead Flip presentations, and uh, yeah, it looks and it looks a looks a fun game, um, uh, and, a, and a good layout as well. Yes. So yeah. um, so so obviously Stern is very busy uh, building Avengers Infinity Quest. Um, but there was some other news from Stern as well. Um, I already covered in my last newsletter. Um, in the Pimmel Magazine newsletter, um, there is being worked on a topper for Elvira's House of Horror, sorry, Horrors. I really have difficulty pronouncing that right. Um, uh, which is supposedly to be a thousand uh, dollar topper. Yeah, I don't know quite why that would be so expensive. Um, it's not like it's um, like maybe the Beatles or something like that, where the, the cost of the game is already you know, far above the normal. No, I, there was no pro model of uh, Elvira House of Horrors, but no nine 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 for a, a topper, which um, from what I originally saw didn't look that um, innovative yeah. in, in what it does. Um, seemed odd to me. Yeah. But, uh, okay, but that's being worked on. Let's not waste too much time on that. Um, yeah. And it was very interesting. Um, Stern teased um, on their uh, social media a last chance to buy uh, Black Knight's Sword of Rage. Yeah. Um, I got an email about it as well, about... Um, advising me that if I was looking to buy a Sword of Rage, this could be the last chance to buy. They said last chance to buy with a question mark, but no indication of why it would be the last chance, because it's not a license, it's not going to run out. So uh, I can't see why, why it should be. Seems like a marketing tactic to me. Yes, I think that's probably fair. I'm sure if there's uh, sufficient demand, they will, they will do another run. Right. No matter what size. Yeah, we've seen that with, with plenty of other games as well. And uh, yeah. so, so um, then Stern did also a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle uh, turn, <laughs> Turtles <laughs> uh, Heads Up Pinball Invitational, where the winner would win uh, a, a new Turtles game, I suppose. Yeah, it's a little odd that one. Uh, eight players pre-selected. Um, never saw any sort of um, selection criteria or opportunity qualifications or anything. No, no, no. Just people who were selected and uh, they would play online um, to uh, determine the winner. Right. I didn't see any of it, but I did hear that it was a fun tournament. So yeah, I didn't see any of it either. Um, there seem to be plenty of other things to uh, to keep you busy at the moment, right. some of which we will cover later as right. well. Yes. Um, so, uh, well, I'll leave the code updates to you because you love to go into detail about oh, those. Oh, I do. Well, fortunately, there isn't much this, this time. <laughs> There's uh, uh, Aveng the Avengers Infinity Quest code um, had an update, which was the first one since they, uh, they announced it last month. Uh, and it was quite a big one, actually. They... Uh, there's quite a lot of new features in there. And interesting, they dialed down the, the strength of some of the coils in the game as if it was uh, maybe a little overzealous uh, when it was uh, released. So, that, so unless you've changed them, the defaults for some of the some of the things like the flippers and the uh, the kickouts and things like that will be a little weaker than they were before. So maybe there were some some air balls or some uh, rebounds and uh, things which weren't weren't ideal. So that's been changed. And um, there's there's a uh, they in, uh, yeah they dialed up the ball saver 
time on the game to 12 seconds, which seems incredibly long to me. But okay. um, yeah, that's that, the default ball saver. That's a that's a red flag in my book. Yeah, well, I thought the uh, the move had been to do away with the ball saver altogether. Right, and uh, uh, um, Stern have a history of. Um, uh, basically killing fun games with endless ball savers for almost everything that you achieve, uh, which really um, makes me wonder at some point, like, when will this game ever end? Because it keeps giving me new balls. <laughs> and seriously, no, that, uh, that's really killing it for me. There is no challenge left. And reading this, I hadn't uh, read that, so, so this is uh, new to me. Obviously, I don't pay that much attention to code updates because I don't have the game so uh, I don't need to spell out the uh, the updates not me this um, I get to owning it through right. the updates so so um, long ball saver times is really what took away a lot of the fun in pinball for me that's just a personal note other people might be perfectly happy with it but for me it would be a red flag well, I should just note that is the default we'll save unless you unless you change it. Yeah, okay, but we know that operators usually don't change any of yeah. that. So, um, well, there you go. But this update also adds uh, quite a lot more video clips, sound effects, and lighting effects into the game, and uh, tweaks some of the rules and fix some of the bugs that were introduced in the in the release version or not quashed in the release version I should say right okay. so that's uh, Avengers um, and then Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles that we mentioned earlier that's had a very a very small update to it uh, which just uh, fixes a few bugs and adds some more shaker motor effects and that's the end of the code okay so um, moving on to another company that's actually manufacturing pinballs American Pinball yeah they, as we mentioned last month they've been doing their, their Hot Wheels streaming challenge for those people who um, A, have the game or access to the game and B, are able to stream it. Uh, that's ongoing, as right. we said last time, and will be going on for some time, I think towards the end of the year even. Yeah, something like that, yeah. Yeah, so... Um, it's a good, interesting. It, it's some interesting videos there if you if you want to watch some some very good games. Some people who have got a long way into the game and uh, and maybe even completed it. Yeah. Um, what I have to compliment American Pimmel on uh, on this case, it's a great way to generate social media content that's actually different than. Um, uh, well, if you, it's always difficult to figure out if you're a pinball company, what are we going to. Uh, to show about a game that's already out there for God knows how many months. Uh, but this is a very good way. Yeah, even harder to do that at the moment when so many locations where it might be uh, are closed or um, or they're not able to operate the game either. So, yeah, to get in, to get those people who have got it either in their home or uh, in a club and are able to get a streaming rig onto it, yes, that um, generates some extra buzz about it, as you say, because any, anybody who comes along can then uh, take part and join in and, and become part of the challenge. Right, okay. So, um, American Pinball also had a couple of co uh, code updates for... Um, yeah, well, one, the most recent one, on the, uh, the 23rd of September, was just a, a fixed a, a bug that was introduced in the previous one uh, on the 19th. Um, it, there was a problem with, with the game crashing right at the end. And we're uh, talking about Oktoberfest here. Yes, you're absolutely right. Yes, uh, Oktoberfest code, um, and the, but the previous one just added a, um, some new game settings, lighting effects, and some new callouts as well to Oktoberfest, um, just in time for October. 
although um, Oktoberfest itself is, is mostly in September, nor, at least normally it is. Uh, this is a very different Oktoberfest, of course, given the, the current uh, problems yes. that people have uh, going to bar, uh, large gatherings. Yeah, the closest thing you get to Oktoberfest is playing Oktoberfest right now. Yeah, and it's not a bad way to go. Uh, it also has some adjustments to the rules and scoring, and uh, there were lots of bug fixes in it as well. It's quite interesting to read how many uh, small, uh, but uh, I'm sure uh, um, noticeable bugs that were in the game, but they've all been, uh, well, all those ones have been addressed in this latest code. So uh, if you've got that game, make sure you're you're running um, version 20.09.23, for all those fixes and the fix for the the game crash, which was introduced with the last code. Right. Okay. So um, moving on to a, uh, I'm going to rush this a little bit because this is going to be a lengthy episode with all the news <laughs> that's still. <laughs> yeah, we got an interview coming up with Rob Burke, which is at least 30 minutes. So I'm rushing this a little bit. Spooky pinball. Uh, actually, two celebratory. Uh, events or, or uh, to to uh, that they yeah, know that. Box, really, yes, it? exactly. So, um, so first of all, they announced that they reached the mark of having built and shipped two thousand pinball machines. That's well, a little little company. That's not bad. No, exactly. And of course, this this uh, includes all titles that they have manufactured so far. Uh, but it's still, uh, I mean, with their first game, uh, America's Most Haunted, they started with 150 units. So um, now being on their, I think, sixth title, if you count um, uh, Contract Gamers as well, uh, and 2,000 games, that's not, uh, not not very bad. Yeah, and, and probably the most important thing for them, is, uh, as well as having built and shipped them, is that they've sold them. Right, so, so they've got the income from them as well. Right, so and the other uh, um, uh, landmark, if you want to call it that, is that they finally shipped a game to um, uh, Alaska, making it uh, completing all fifty states of the United States of America. Yeah, congratulations to Spooky on on both both those landmarks. Right, uh, so. not bad for a little company um, started up as well almost as a hobby, but. Uh, but they've, they've certainly certainly shown other people how to do various uh, various um, I was going to say marketing and um, goodwill uh, generate goodwill within the pinball community. Oh yeah, you know, absolutely. In a way that uh, that other companies can only dream of. Yeah, and they're uh, very very nice people too. Uh, exactly, that's how you do it. Yeah, exactly. So um, then uh, moving on to Multimorphic, which is uh, kind of interesting. Um, Nick Baldrich. Who we might know from the um, uh, the electromechanical pinball and uh, bingo podcast. I'm not sure if the name of that podcast is correct, but he does a podcast on electromechanical pinball and bingo games, from uh, which mostly are electromechanical anyway. Um, he wrote new code for the cosmic kart racing playfield, if I'm not mistaken. Yep, that's right. Uh, you probably know Nick as as well from uh, as co-author of Coin Up Carnival. Oh yeah, I gave him uh, a. I, I I gave Ryan Clayter and Nick uh, the Twippy that I won uh, earlier this year because I figured they deserved it better. Uh, because I did not publish a new issue of Pinball Magazine while they published Coin Up Carnival, and I think that was the best publication, uh, pinball related publication of last year. So I gave my. Uh, Twippy Award to them. Yeah, and of course Nick is um, a big bingo 
a guy. He uh, he built the multi-game bingo machine, which um, incorporates multiple different bingo games all, all into one cabinet. Yeah. In, uh, he tried to explain it to me. I lost him completely. Yeah, yeah, Im- immediately, it was yeah. Really have to be into bingo machines to to really get it. But but that shows that he's very uh, knowledgeable on on technical stuff. And obviously, he has a P3 uh, at his uh, uh, apartment, home, whatever you want to call it. Um, so and uh, well, he knows about programming. So he decided mm-hmm. to program a new game for Cosmic Kart uh, for the Cosmic Kart Racing module. So what can you tell me about uh, Ranger in the Ruins, as it's called? Range in the Ruins is um, it's kind of a, it's a throwback to a, like an eight bit um, adventure game. I, I think he said in um, in interviews that he he actually wanted to theme it after uh, a particular um, well known adventure game, but couldn't get the license for that, so he he generated his, his own. Hmm. And uh, and the artwork for the game is very much of that that style. You know, it's uh, it looks like sort of like platforms or wandering through um, civilizations, which, but all drawn in like eight bit graphics. Okay. So that, bear in mind that, um, that obviously the the lower part of the playfield in uh, in the P three is a, a big display, so there's, a, there's quite a lot of graphics in that. Um, but it's um, I, I saw saw some demonstrations of, um, of how how the game works. It looks uh, looks interesting. It uses the Cosmic Kart Racing play, uh, Playfield module in a very different way to uh, to the Cosmic Kart Racing. I mean, he chose that I think because he likes likes a fast paced game. And um, to basically, you you are a ranger. That's your role as uh, when you start the game. So it's always good when you when you go into a new game to know what your role is and what you're meant to be doing. Right. And you're wandering through the, uh, the crumbling cities from uh, a, an ancient civilization. Trying to scavenge what you can, pick up bonuses, some power ups, and some uh, some less than beneficial items as well along the way. And um, also, an interesting thing on there is that um, previous players of, of that game, or you, is uh, in, in earlier um, earlier attempts, uh, if you when you die, if you've got items on you at that point. You can return as a ghost in future games and give those those items to the current player. And in a first, I think it is for uh, for pinball. Um, if you if you connect your P3 to the internet, um, you you can do that as well from from other players, um, and you will, you will see their um, who they are, and um, you can decide whether or not you want to accept the items from them because, uh, as I said, they're not all. Power up. Some of them can uh, can be harmful as well. Right. So it's a, it's an interesting um, interesting take on it, and it's a downloadable game from the Multimorphic store. Uh, you just go to multimorphic.com, go into the the store there, and you can you can purchase it. And I think I can't remember the exact price, but it was pretty cheap, it's like one hundred and fifty dollars or something for the, okay. for the game. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, so, so if you have a P3 and the, and the Cosmic Card Racing uh, kit, then you have an extension waiting uh, to be purchased and uh, have more hours of fun playing your uh, your P3. It's a no-brainer, really. You really should, should pick that up. Right. So, and uh, well, actually, um, Multimorphic was quite busy on uh, social media uh, the past month. Uh, I think the highlight would be uh, a. An interview that uh, Jerry Stellenberg 
the uh, owner, the, the founder and owner of the company. And Stefan Silver, who we know of the as the designer of uh, the Heist game, mm-hmm. uh, did with Jeff Teolis of uh, Pinball Profile. Yeah, um, I haven't listened to that that um, interview yet, but knowing knowing Jeff, it's going to be a, a very interesting listen. Yes, absolutely. Um, so do check that out. Um, it's on the uh, Pinball Profile uh, website where uh, all their uh, uh, podcasts are. So that must be very interesting. Yeah, there are a huge number of them as well. So yeah. it's browsing through the back catalogue of, uh, of Jeff's uh, Pinball Profile interviews because there's uh, some amazing ones in there and uh, some of which will uh, be prophetic and some of which are no, uh, historically very significant. Yes, okay. So... Um, uh, well, we're almost to the uh, down to mm. the list of pinball companies that have news to report. Um, some interesting news from Dutch Pinball, which um, I'll cover as since I'm Dutch as well. Um, Dutch Pinball have been looking uh, for a larger facility, and the news is that the, uh, they are expected to sign a new lease this week, and they will start... Uh, moving as soon as possible after Um, and uh, I talked to Barry uh, a couple of weeks ago when we were at the Dutch Pinball Museum recording uh, some segments for a Dutch uh, uh, video item that will be part of the virtual pinball expo to which we get in a little bit Um, and basically he told me that he's expecting uh, that before the end of October uh, he will have completely move to the new facility and be uh, in production. Excellent. Uh, do we know where, where that is likely to be? Uh, I think he's still sticking to the same city where he is now. So it's just a um, um, uh, either on the same or on a different uh, industrial park, uh, but in the same area. Okay. Is, is that um, location public? Or is it uh, is it not uh, not well, for public not for public knowledge yet? Uh, well, he hasn't shared it with me, so I wouldn't know. Uh, no, I mean, where his current location is? Um, yeah, that's on his website and on on, on their Facebook. So the the current location is not a secret, and uh, I've been there. Other people have visited uh, as well, and um, I, I'm just. Um, very happy to see that they're moving to a bigger location because that means that yeah. they can increase production of the Big Lebowski, uh, which is, um, well, I suppose you could say necessary uh, because they have a huge uh, uh, back order file to uh, fulfill. If you, uh, not sure if that's correct in English, but obviously no, they, need, yeah. they need to uh, they need to build a lot of games, um, both games for people that already pre-ordered and paid for the game as well as people that have recently ordered the game and um, uh, basically uh, once they get to the new location production can uh, increase so that's a, that, that's good yeah. news yeah but I think they did um, Barry did share a, a picture of a, of a, of a big um, display of um, white Russian um, playfield models to go onto the playfield, yes, uh, for for the Big Lebowski. Uh, I don't know what that was um, indicating, other than the fact that they, they have a lot of stock of white Russian models. Well, it's a, uh, and, are, and are ready to keep building games. Yeah, so um, I know a little bit about that. Uh, these white Russians are actually uh, hand made, 
uh, it's a for those who have, are not familiar with the game. It's basically it's a um, uh, a glass um, with a a, cock- a white Russian cocktail in it um, and a, uh, a stirring uh, thing. What do you, what do you yeah, call stick. it? Stick. Yeah. yeah, stirring and some stick. ice cubes. Some ice cubes and um, uh, the glass is slightly tilted, but the um, uh, <laughs> yeah, but the uh, um, obviously the the liquid in there is uh, horizontal as it would be if uh, you know that, that that stays flat all the time, um, and um, it's actually a um, uh, they're mixing these uh, uh, sort of well if you wanted to call call it a cocktail basically it's some sort of cocktail that looks like a white Russian and then they add some sort of uh, glue to it that it mm-hmm. uh, becomes hard, so that yeah, hardener. Yes, yeah. yes. So it's, it's kind of like a resin, I suppose. Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. So, uh, um, so they shared that they had a, um, um, made a new batch of those uh, to go into future games. So um, that means that they are still building games, which is good news. Yeah. Good. Well, good luck to Barry with the move and. Uh, and presumably can move it relatively swiftly once uh, once the, a new contract is signed and uh, and he's able to move in to a, to a larger premises. Right. So yeah, fingers crossed for that then. And uh, so it's good to hear some good news. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So and then there's a couple of companies, and I'm just going to say really quick. Uh, no news to report from Chicago Gaming. Uh, Homepin in uh, Taiwan, Haggis Pinball in uh, Australia, which is already for six months or so that they've been quiet. So that's kind of worrying. A little worrying. Yeah. So and no news from uh, Circus Maximus either. So and uh, I just hope that everybody in these companies is in uh, good health and that they are working on new stuff, but uh, for whatever reason are staying silent. Uh, nothing too serious, hopefully. Let's hope no news is good news. Yes, exactly. And then, uh, as teased as our third headline, uh, we do have, we did talk to Rob Burke and David Fix from Pimble Expo. Yes, they're, uh, as we mentioned last time, they're planning to do, once once the Pimble Expo physical show was cancelled, they swung into action and started organising a whole series of virtual events which originally, I think, when we, spoke, when we spoke about it last, it was going to be maybe two days, maybe the Friday and the Saturday. Well, they've been working on it, and it's just expanded and expanded. And, and these are all free events, you know, unlike uh, the actual physical show where you have to be a, a, a paid member to go and go and watch the seminars or take part in it. These are all going to be totally free and uh, all available through the Pinball Expo website. Yes. And so we've been uh, trying to find out from from Rob and David exactly what it is that they've got planned for us right and um, well basically the only, re- only way to find out was to do an interview with them right so, so that's let's exactly what we did alright okay so we head on over to that and then uh, we'll get back to you uh, after that and then we'll discuss the new game by Jersey Jack Pinball but first let's talk to Rob Burke and David Fix of Virtual Pinball Expo so we're joined now live from United States. I don't know exactly where you are in the, in the US, uh, but we we got uh, Rob Burke and Dave Fix, um, the the masterminds behind the Virtual Pinball Expo. Uh, hello, Rob. Hello, Dave. 
Hello, guys. Hi, guys. How are we doing? Uh, we're doing okay. How are uh, you guys okay? You are in Warren, Ohio, and you're talking about a temperature of about 60 degrees Fahrenheit. So we're all good. And we're Ooh, sounds very nice. You guys. Yes, we are. Okay, so you guys must be very, very busy with the upcoming Virtual Pinball Expo. Very busy. We've been running uh, cameras all over the world as it is because Expo this year has expounded its boundaries. Uh, we're not just, you know, focusing just in the Chicago area and all the people we can bring in. We're now opening the doors that if anybody wanted to talk about a seminar, say from Australia to Italy to France to the Netherlands, they are part of Expo. And we've already got more than the, the normal factory tours. So we do have a Stern live factory tour that will be taking place live. And then we have a lot of other factory tours that we'll be showing during the Expo virtual. So what's interesting, guys, is that um, in a way, the, the virtual show is taking as much time, if not more, just putting it together logistically. I mean, a phone call to ask someone going to speak is one thing. But then getting the format, whether they send us a uh, video feed or we do a live feed or uh, just getting these people to participate. Now, the, the one thing which is interesting is, uh, in one respect, this show is almost more exciting for me than the live events because we're getting a lot of people to speak from their homes or their businesses that we would normally have the opportunity to do or the average person wouldn't, could never see the inside of Hagus, unless they live in Australia. Sure, or, absolutely, yeah. But you uh, you cancelled the um, the physical show officially on the second of yeah, September. Okay. Um, yeah. But obviously, you knew in advance that, uh, or sometime before that, that it was pretty unlikely to happen. So, how long have you been planning for this uh, this virtual event? We we started talking about a virtual event in July, but it, it wasn't until September first when the hotel released me from the contract that I finally felt the free reign to really uh, let it go and, and make it a reality this year. And here's what we're looking at here, because many years in the past, um, unfortunately, there's so many shows in the U.S. that have been canceled around the world. Oh, every show has been canceled. So the idea was we have the knowledge, we have the power, we have the people with the seminars that we've always had. You know, Martin says it best that we, we have like the biggest soapbox and people come and talk to us all the time to show off the new products. Well, the idea was let's make it virtual, let's continue the show, let's give back to the community because this is a free event. This is free for anybody who wants to watch Pinball Expo virtual. Anybody wants to tune in. Tune in. Basically, we took over Twitch, and it is now going to be Pinball Expo TV. So you're watching eight, nine hours of dedicated new broadcasts of pinball information. News. That's right. So wow. what's, what's interesting also is we're also going to have a hall, uh, the Hall of Fame ceremony. We'll still be doing that. So we're trying to keep everything going as if nothing changed other than the fact that you really just can't play the games. But and even then, we have got a, an exciting thing. We are actually having a tournament. I was going to ask. <laughs> that will be happening on Thursday night. The Bells and Chimes tournament, it's the women's tournament from different cities, will be tying in to show a tournament in their own little groups. 
So even though we can't have a tournament, we're definitely going to put a tournament together. you got to realize that most guys, you know, this is a breaking ground in one, re in one respect because, yes, Zoom has been around and, and Skype and some other uh, vehicles to uh, promote things. But um, to do it to the degree we're doing it, plus we have a, a marketplace. We're going to be selling games uh, through the Internet, through the, through the website. It, it's going to be uh, interesting. So uh, we're trying to do a lot of creative things and make it fun for everybody. And there's going to be so much content. You know, that's the one thing. When, when I was working on seminars, we'd, I'd always take seminars until the last second. And somehow I'd squeeze them in. Mm. But this is a little more difficult just because we got to get the video to download it, and that takes time, and then we got to find a space for it, and then we have to worry about in general about can we make it too early or too late. So just the fact, guys, that we're doing four days, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, of seminars and tours and everything else we have in mind is almost unbelievable because I, I think a couple guys have tried to do a virtual show, but what I heard, I haven't seen it, but when I heard it was just a, a one-day event, perhaps. So th this is pretty uh, outstanding, if I have to say, because uh, to pull this off is just unbelievable. And with Jeff Oiler's help, he's done a fantastic job uh, in the video world because he, he, that's his, his lifeline. That's what he does for a living. And he has done a fantastic job with the video so. of uh, bringing people uh, right to the uh, stage and right to the forefront that you're going to get a great feed Yep. Great audio, great video. And this and this has also brought us to, Warren, Ohio has brought us to different areas to test the feeds. So we've already done some initial tests so that we have good upload, good feed, good sound. And then we reached out to some of the greats to give us some information, stuff that has never been seen and or talk about stuff that we have not talked about. I'm going to mention one thing only from, because Martin is from the UK. Yep. So this is one seminar is for sure. Joe Kamenkow, along with George Gomez, is going to talk on the first million-dollar pinball machine, the Beatles. And they're going to go into detail what was involved in getting the licensing. And going wow. through everything right. else. I suppose a million dollars. Yeah. You got it. We have never heard the story. Oh, I'm looking forward to it already. Yeah. But one of the one of the great things about about Pinball Expo seminars, um, and indeed other show seminars too, is the ability to ask questions and interact with the speakers. Is uh, is that something which is part of your plans? Yeah. This seminar will be interactive. Yes. All the live seminars will be interactive on Twitch. People can make their questions on Twitch. It will then go to a moderator who is watching the Twitch feed and then will quiz the participants. We've done this just for another reason, just to keep uh, naughty talk off <laughs> out mm -hmm. of the seminars kind of thing. Oh, and too bad. we can definitely ask the questions. Uh, that are being thrown to us on the Twitch. We are also going to have a, a, a video. I'm not quite sure if I'll play it once or several times throughout the event, but we're, it's going to um, showcase our new location next year. Ah, yes. We're awesome very brother. excited about because this would have been the last year at the Westin. Mm -hmm. Now it's over with, and now Expo is going on to some new chapter. New chapter. So the, I will say this to you guys if you want to press mention something in print but we are going from a 22,000 square foot 
vendor hall to Two. almost a 70,000 square foot vending hall. Well, let's hope by that time we still have the Pimo community. Larger. Three times larger. Not only that, it is also drive-in. You can drive your car into, into it. it. Ground drop, level. Drop everything off. No more going through back hallways. No more bad uh, loading. Unbelievable. Also, right. it is connected to hotels to give you a choice of hotels that you want to go to the event at. Now, we we won't have a link to the hotel yet for next year's event, only because they 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 will give it to me, but it's got to be one year before the official event. So we you got to just wait for that. Yeah, okay. October 14th is a, is about one year and two weeks or one week before the the official date, so they can't I can't quite get, open up that spot yet. But stay tuned, and you guys and everybody will see it. At, okay. At so, but let's let's not get ahead of ourselves, and uh, because that's next year's expo, and we first have to focus on this year's, uh, uh, which I think we can now call the virtual international pinball expo. I guess you can say that. Yeah. Right. So uh, there's going to be uh, seminars on a live feed, but I also understood that there will be pre-recorded uh, footage that will also be aired. Uh, can, you, can you talk about that? Sure. So what we're going to talk about is like um, some of the factory tours, some of the factory tours that we have will be pre-recorded. But they will be of like, they're being recorded this week. The only reason we're doing this is some companies cannot afford to go the expense that Stern Pinball went out and hired an actual team of, they, they, they have a whole production team is sending them on their factory to do the factory tour live at Stern. So it's so, not it's not going to be someone with a cell phone and his camera walking around and that's it. That's correct. This is this is the team of high quality professional high production produ professional production live at the Stern factory. Meanwhile, the other ones are all being edited and made look beautiful. With high def, and I mean, this 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 is going to be a show. I mean, yeah, no, but you know what? The fact is, you know, in a way, I'm telling these people that it's almost going to give them an opportunity. Some of the speakers to make it an infomercial, yes, so they can talk about themselves and, and what they do. But also, I'm going to give them the opportunity, you know, to, to promote themselves, whether it be a book they've got. Uh, this Damien Guest, who's uh, who wrote a book, you know, he'll be giving a talk plus promoting his book. Uh, it's it's the one you guys have seen that that Stern uh, coffee table book. That, you know, oh yeah, so. thirty years. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. The, which is a couple of years late, but okay. They can tell us why. But you know that's just an example. So hey, hey, Jonathan, COVID delays a lot of things. Yeah, but <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know they had COVID in the U.S. already four years ago. <laughs> We're stipulating this is not a political show. So, no, okay, that's fine. Uh, show is pinball the first passionate love the the you know to give everybody new content so here's the other thing so american pinball is going to have their entire team that design hot wheels to be on the live stream after their their tour okay so that they're going to be there to answer questions about hot wheels and answer questions about other things and also other surprises that they're releasing uh which you'll just have to tune in and find out 
So it, it sounds like you've already got a, a very, very packed schedule of events. Um, are, are, you, are you looking for any more people to, to step up or, or to offer to do talks or uh, seminars or panels or anything like that? Listen, Martin, you know me by now. I'm the seminar guy. I know. You know me by now. I can't say no to anybody. So we're going to fit you in somewhere. we got to uh, start the show at 3 o'clock in the morning. We'll, we'll fit them all in. Yeah, okay. if someone's got an idea for a, a talk they'd like to do or a presentation, uh, what should they do? Reach sure. out to us, both. And us, you know, we'd be excited to hear from people from all over the world. We've got a, a video presentation that I'm looking forward to seeing. But it's uh, one of the probably larger collections in Spain. The guy mm-hmm. got you know, 150 or 200 games. Wait till you see this thing, Dave. You are going to cry. I'm always crying. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be interesting to see whether that's, uh, that's a collection of uh, American games or whether it's European games. Yeah. Yeah. I'm guessing it's the Spanish games. Spanish market is very interesting, guys, if you know about it. You probably know more than I do, but there was a time when they put an import game, so they they developed their own cottage industry there in, in Spain and produced a, a, a lot of different titles with a lot of different manufacturers making one-offs. Similar to what the guy does today in Spain. Yes, and also what was going on in South America with Tato at the, back in the 80s and the 70s. Most of those were copies, but some of them were one-offs that they, you know, some of us have never seen. Or never heard. All I can say, guys, is I'm really hoping that this COVID uh, goes away before next uh, year because uh, I think you know, what we as crazy as it is this year is to be even crazier next year. That's all I can tell you. Right. So, well, everybody's hoping that this COVID thing will be a, a thing of uh, the, uh, the past very soon. Um, so, uh, obviously, also because. Uh, we all love to go to pinball shows and uh, actually meet other uh, pinball enthusiasts. That's the only thing that will not be possible. Although you will have a chat on the uh, the Twitch channel, I uh, I understood. Yeah. So people will still be able to interact with each other if they want to. Yes, and we've already contacted Twitch because we know that we've got a, a poll already. So they have already guaranteed us that we will not have a problem. Five to ten thousand people following us on Twitch live. Wow! So that's you know they've already we've already contacted them about the servers and everything else, and we've already done our tests with the uploads, and we've had um, people all over the United States and a couple overseas on the Twitch test that we did just recently, and we had no problem. So we're excited to be able to roll this out and show this great show. I'll tell you what else, guys. I see happening is that a lot of things that we're doing this year's show I bet you know we're going to be trendsetters as far as what we're going to see in future shows yeah so I don't really want to tell you about everything but there's a lot of cute novel things we came up with which I think like the marketplace day I think that people are going to grab hold of it and, and do their version of it yeah but that's okay you know let's face it Expo was a trendsetter back in 85 it was the first show around and uh, amazingly, you know, nothing's going to stop us. This will be, you could say that we are 36 uh, year doing the show and we're not stopping. And the, and the other thing was to give people content. I know I've talked to a lot of collectors over since March. And they're all like, oh, I was watching, you know, Special When Lit, filmed in 2006. You know, I mean, people are watching old content. 
Expo is always about new content, and we're going to give you the new content because we got the teams of all the manufacturers. They're going to do seminars. I mean, it's going to be a packed show, Mark. You know it always is. Wait a minute. I need to ask Jonathan something. Why don't you write up an article about Expo in your wonderful magazine? I already did. You've been in there. Just general stuff, or was it... 35 plus years of Pinball Expo. No, that was at, at that time it was 30 plus years. There you okay. go. So you're about to do it for Well, might do something big for the next year's show, too. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. We can always give them the room to run. And then Lawrence's right. got to just do you know, full coverage. Yes. Uh, so well, well, that was one of my. I have to ask, have to ask you the, the big questions, though, but such as uh, you got this big, huge packed schedule of events. When does it all start, and when can we see the, the schedule of, of what's going to be on and when? Okay, so the schedule's being put together, and this is the sad thing. We are trying to jam everything in, and we're going to we're we're keep adding daily. Yes, and we the thing is we made ourselves a time frame where we could fit it in, but we have little spots where we can extend it in certain spots in case we have more speakers. Because, like you said, what if somebody comes in and says, hey, I want to talk about uh, Lost in Space Pinball, or I want to talk about, you know, the, I'm sorry, Forbidden Planet Pinball. Or the Pinball Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, I'm going to make a spot for them because that is, you know, history in the making and people want to hear about it. But anyways, right now we're, we're saying October 14th, which is, which is a Wednesday. Wednesday. At 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That will be our official... Pin fest kind of kickoff. It's a short night, just like every Wednesday night. Right. That's your that's your bumper blast online. Yeah. Virtual, virtual. We're not really calling it a bumper blast, but it's an idea though. We, we just have party party streamers and everything. But yeah, yeah, everyone can have their own food. Everybody has their own food. Yeah. You, you you don't have to worry about getting some lousy food in the hotel. You can get your <laughs> snacks. You can. Oh, you can. You yeah. Exactly. <laughs> They're not going back. So. Yeah. Yeah, and you don't have to worry about paying so much for a drink. Well, you, but can, you can walk around your knickers, Mike. Yes, and uh, you can you can sit there, and we're gonna we're gonna hit the highlights. We're gonna show some rare games. We're just gonna have a a blast so everybody can see it. And then the next day, Thursday, uh, we're shooting right now for three p.m. Eastern Standard Time. However, that could change. We have more people that want to do something. We're going to start running the show at 3 p.m. Okay, now now I can imagine that people may not be able to block three days in their calendar just to watch all these seminars. Will they be available uh, uh, to watch later on as well? Yes, they will be. Wait, hold on one second. The um, the bumper blast is starting now. <laughs> there it is. But yes, Jonathan, to answer your question, to answer your question, yes, they will be available, but not right away. And Pinball News, as always, will be doing their review, and we will make the, the information available for Pinball News to put up there when it will be um, released. Right. One thing I would say is, uh, the one disappointing thing is, some people I've asked to be involved, and... These are people that have been around for a long time in the hobby, and they just, you know, declined to do it. And it's, it's a shame because... And trust me, this is the same person that I called and talked, and he said, what were you, did Rob call you yesterday? I'm like, 
No, why? Because Rob called me yesterday about this and told me. I'm like, well, Rob is completely different. But you know, for the most part, everyone's been very obliging. And uh, let's face it, pinball is one big community, and it's becoming more and more international, as we all know. And uh, it's fun for me. I mean, for me, when I think back about the first show in 85, when I had these guys from Japan show up, I just was astounded. And I thought they were just so cool. But this is before we have all the uh, social networking that we have now. So to have those guys show up was great. Now it's becoming commonplace. So, uh, and, and I will tell you, it's been a little easier on me to some extent. You know, everybody says, what do you guys do? Put Expo, we start working on Expo three months out? No. Last year at the end of Expo, I was figuring out how to jam more in the rooms, how to get everybody set. This year, I don't have to worry about putting everybody in those rooms. i got to worry about the year after with the bigger size, which won't be a problem. But the idea is we've been working. We've had many meetings. We've had many long conversations, Zoom meetings uh, from March on, and now in-person meetings, just testing everything to make sure that this is the show of the year. Fantastic. So is there anything that people can do to help support Pinball Expo? Obviously, they can't come to the show and um, and buy any of the merchandise that you had for sale there. But can is there a 2020 Pinball Expo uh, shirt, T-shirt, sweatshirt? Um, can they buy posters? Can they buy yeah, or, or can, can they do online promotion? There will listen. Online promotion never hurt, but there will be uh, a souvenir package that we have available. I don't, I don't want to share it with you now because there'll be no no surprises. Right. Everyone listens to the broadcast podcast and is like, "Well, I do that." So we're going to have a little package. Well, somebody has to have the scoops, Rob. You know that. And it's usually uh, us. Well, we got to give something to Jim Shelbert. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll let have Jim that. Okay, fine. Just well, because it's Jim. Jonathan, the thing is, if I tell Jim, I might get in the December issue, which is a calendar. So, we, you know, I might as well tell you now. But I love Jimmy, though. we got to keep Anyway, so yeah, there'll, there'll be a, a, a souvenir item or two or three. So um, stay tuned to that. But, yeah, we'll, do, we'll have something to have a little remembrance of the uh, first virtual pinball expo. Yeah. Okay. It's all, all a good fun, guys. And like Dave said, there's no charge to anybody. I mean, we, we have infomercials, and, and we're, we're, we're posting them at no charge. So, yes. Uh, and and I've, I've, we've, we've dealt out to some of the other people. We've said to other people that... Uh, Hey, if you if if you want to give us a small thirty second ad, we'll run that. And here's the cool thing, Martin and, and John, that I didn't touch on this. How 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 come I didn't get that call? Uh, probably the call goes both ways. That's right. But you know what, Jonathan? You have a you want to put a thirty second ad in about the magazine? Send it to me. Yeah. Put it in. Okay. Have- you were saying. Oh, yeah, international customer, double charge, and... What I wanted to say is, is that over the last, and I have to clarify, Jim Shelberg has been great because we have dug and dug and gone through some of the, the, the craziest commercial ads that have a pinball in there somewhere. And, and this just, year, you can see something you've never and, seen. And you're going to see stuff you've never seen and never seen the light of day. And those are the commercials that are going to run between the seminars. So as we're getting the next seminar up and ready, there will be a small little uh, commercial featuring 
Coca-Cola and a pinball machine from 1971 in black and white in Australia, which most people don't have. Well, that's just one yeah, of the Yeah, but now they won't watch it now. Right. Okay, no, but that's that's very... It's it's a very welcome alternative for just having uh, pausing uh, music in between the right. seminars, you know. So I try to realize, and for your audience to realize, is there's a lot of energy and effort putting into it. So when people leave, I'm not sure how much they're going to watch every day. Well, they're going to say, "Boy, these guys pulled it off, and they pulled it off in a big way." So that's what we want you to know. You know, Expo is here to stay, and we try to be a trendsetter when we can. And uh, this is certainly a, a work. Passion of love. It should be a piece of art when we're done with it. It should be. Okay. It sounds fantastic, but uh, you haven't told us the one thing that everybody wants to know. What's where that? can they Where can they find this? Pinball Expo. Twitch. Twitch at Pinball Expo. There will be a better answer to for you question is there will be a link on our website. So pinballexpo.com. Yeah, there'll be a link on there that it will take you to the, uh, the live feed. Now, right. and, and the schedule and uh, exactly. other information as well. Right. We're, right. we're working on a couple things right now, Martin, that it's going to be on our webpage. Not only that, we may even feature the show on our webpage, also feature it on Facebook at the same time. We're working on that right now. So this is going to be... Don't tell too much, son. We're going to no, be showing it in many places and many, many, many things. As Listen, can. if we tell these guys too much stuff, they'll never interview us again. That's the last thing we want is for information <laughs> when we when we talk to you. So. No, but, but trust me, these guys want more information because they say, "Oh, these guys are the trendsetters. We need them on every time." Right. Yes, so. gentlemen, get ready. It's going to be the show of shows. Right. Okay. So, uh, rounding this thing up, obviously, you mentioned you already have a busy schedule. Um, as a teaser, you well, you already mentioned there will be. Uh, live and uh, uh, pre-recorded factory tours. Uh, there will be a seminar with Joe Kamenkow and George Gomez on uh, the million-dollar uh, Beatlemania pinball machine. Um, any other uh, tips of the iceberg that you can reveal or what you want to call it, lift the curtain a little bit, like type of seminars that you are uh, uh, planning to have? Let me just say this. I'm waiting for it to come through. But Tim Arnold is supposed to be sending me a video on his museum in Las Vegas. So that would be interesting to see that. So it and may not be seen if he does it, but he's telling me he will. <laughs> we've also already told you that we have something from Spain on a huge collection. Wait, don't tell that again. Well, we already told him I was that. hoping he didn't hear that the first time. Now he's heard it. He can hit the rewind button and hear it. Right. Okay. So... You know, I guess the bottom line is we want to keep the suspense there, but also the fact that it'll all be an open book once you guys go to the uh, website. And when the time comes and we can finally post it, the whole world will see it and they can all get excited. And, and Martin, as soon as we put the uh, schedule of events, we'll make sure that Pinball News gets a full coverage of that so you can focus that on Pinball News. And our front page of our website will also tell us the whole schedule of events. Kind of like a TV schedule. Tune in at this time to catch Joe Kamikow. Tune in this time to go through the Stern Tour. Tune in this time to hear about Hot Wheels. I mean, tune in this time to talk to Jonathan Joyce of Pitfall uh, Magazine. So oh, Nobody wants to do that, but okay. <laughs> Excellent. Oh, that's why it's at 3 o'clock in the morning. Nobody's <laughs> Oh, that's fine. I'll still be up. I'm, I'm still on American hours, so for me, that's, that's fine. 
You're a machine. You're a machine. Yeah, so, yeah. I'm sure we'll talk to you um, closer to the time anyway, at least for the Pinball News article. But uh, thank you. Thank you to uh, Rob Burke and David Fix uh, for telling us all about the virtual Pinball Expo you've got planned. And uh, good luck working there in, in Warren at uh, Rob's place. One more thing. Okay. We have a very special person meeting you at the registration desk. Oh. And that's all. I'll leave you with that. But we thank you guys kindly for your time and, and, and of course, for your Always. support. Well, clearly they have a, an awful lot lined up for us, and uh, we, we look forward to seeing what the schedule is when when they're ready to publish that. Uh, I know it's it's still very much in, in flux at the moment, and uh, people are coming up with new ideas, and Rob and, uh, and David are, are having a, well, they're, they're spending their time trying to get everything lined up and uh, all the technical aspects worked out so they can put together a, a stream on uh, on Twitch, as, as they said. Right. So we're, yeah. we're looking forward to that. And, um, well, I'm looking forward to, to seeing you and um, and the other Dutch pinball uh, people. Yes. Uh, say, Dutch, uh, say that in, in two separate words and uh, with pinball with a small p. So yeah. people in pinball in the <laughs> Netherlands. Yes. So uh, what I can briefly say about that is um, Gerard van der Senden is the uh, owner of the Dutch Pinball Museum. And he was approached by Rob Burke uh, for a, I think, a, if I understood the story correctly, and forgive me if I didn't, but uh, for a virtual uh, tour or something like that of his uh, museum. And then uh, Gerard figured, um, why not get um, the, the most uh, well-known people from the Netherlands uh, who are actively in or who are active in the pinball community uh, to come to the museum and um, do a presentation of what they are doing um, on camera, edit that professionally, so it wouldn't be like a, a seminar type of thing with one camera and uh, uh, well, no uh, uh, professionally edited uh, uh, montage, I would say. Um, and it was actually, um, um, I was approached if I knew anybody who could also contribute, obviously I knew a list of names that were, of people that were invited. And I actually suggested since Nate Chippers of Coast to Coast Pinball is living in Amsterdam, mm -hmm. um, to ask him to host, uh, this event and that, and he ended up doing that. It was very nice to see Nate, uh, in, in, in Rotterdam and, um, basically Nate, interviewed all these uh, various Dutch guests uh, in the museum, either with the game that they built or designed or uh, other things that they did. Um, and um, I think it's going to be a very interesting uh, montage of uh, uh, Dutch people doing something for the pinball community. Excellent. So. Okay, well, we'll, uh, we'll wait for the schedule to come out and see when that's going to be on. Yeah. And um, it's... In a way, I was, I was kind of hoping that all these things would be, you know, uh, alternating on different streams on Twitch TV. So if some of the live events, some of the interactive ones, if they needed to overrun, then they could because they, they wouldn't be butting up against the next one. They always have a pinball expo. You know, people have to get out of the hall at, um, when their allotted slot is over and they say, well, you know, if you need to ask me any questions, come and see me outside in the hall. I'll, I'll talk to you there. Uh, I thought with an, uh, um, a virtual event, you might be able to be a little more open-ended with them, but uh, it's all going to be on one stream. But uh, maybe there'll be, a, you know, a, an after-stream after, after stream 
or, or an extra feed that you'll be able to look at later where uh, some of these there's some of these uh, seminars and, and panel discussions might have a sort of follow-up to them as well right there'll be plenty of that if there is well we'll bring it all to you anyway um, some other news anyway uh, before we move on to uh, the New Jersey Jack pinball game right uh, the, the pinball Hall of Fame in Las Vegas. Um, we covered before their uh, their new building that's being built on the Strip and um, the progress they're doing towards that. And um, they have just almost, I don't know if it's today, but very, yep. very recently. It was today. <laughs> yes, oh, it was today. Yesterday. Oh, it says here. Oh, no. Oh, okay. Um, they've announced, um, well, they've published a picture of their proposal for their sign. Now, in the original drawings that they had, which uh, which I showed on the Pinball News article, they were going to have a sort of like a tall column with Pinball on one side and the Hall of Fame on the other. Well, they've gone to something completely different and gone a very much more retro, uh, eye-catching and dazzling, I think. It's um, sign. It, it kind of reminds me in a way of kind of like the Jetsons in the way that yeah. it's uh, like a, a 60s throwback. It's got pinball in um, each letter in a circle, kind of like Las Vegas, I suppose, like the yeah. Las Vegas sign, right. vertically rather than horizontally. And uh, a hall of fame and a big, big swoosh of an arrow pointing towards the building with, uh, looks like it, well, you'd, previously you said it had neon strips all the way down it, but there'd be LEDs these days. But it, it's going to be really eye catching, and there's a big screen underneath it as well, which I guess will be showing, um, well, um, pictures of the games that are inside and the people enjoying themselves and parties and stuff that's going on in there. And, uh, yeah, it looks a, a really, really bright, attractive uh, sign to put on the strip. And it says, you know, pinball in big letters right there. Right. Okay. So, and um, obviously we can't wait for uh, uh, for the new location to open, um, especially since, and uh, I, I think... They probably need to make it sort of their catchphrase. I think Pimble Hall of Fame is probably the cheapest entertainment you'll find everywhere, anywhere in, in Las Vegas. Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah. Uh, best, best, bang, best bang for your buck. Yeah. <laughs> well, that might get you a different crowd, but, uh, but yeah. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be right there on the strip and, and bright and, and, and as gaudy as, as any of the other you know, hotels up there. And, uh, if that doesn't catch your eye, then well, you might you might even be able to see that signage of flying in uh, and landing at Las Vegas International. Well, you definitely uh, see it if you're driving into Las Vegas from uh, from from the south, and so from if you're coming from uh, LA or or that direction, basically. Yeah, it's right there by the uh, the Welcome to Las Vegas sign, and yes. there's the, uh, the a similar themed pinball hall of fame sign so great work to whoever came up with that design yeah and uh, i have to give credit to tim arnold also um the funny thing is if you've ever been to uh, the Pinball hall of fame or if you talk to uh tim arnold um you might get the impression that uh some of the stuff that he says either doesn't make a lot of sense to you um or actually it does but he's very in-depth in in uh, uh, he's so deep into the material that he's looking at details that nobody else is sort of uh, looking at or seeing problems that, that other people figure like, how could that be a problem? But the good thing is um, he announced that he was going to move and look at where he's at now. I mean, they are actually building uh, uh, the new location and it's, uh, it looks like it's going to be great. 
you know. Um, so I have to give him credit there that that um, it's a huge undertaking to get this going, but so far it seems like he's pulling it off. So congrats. Well, yeah, I mean, every time he's uh, he set himself a new goal, there've been been a few knockbacks here and there, but he's uh, yeah, he's basically achieved everything he's he's going to do. And uh, now this is kind of like the dream location. I think I can't can't imagine uh, where, where he can go from here, from the, from the first place next to the movie theater to where where the, the current location and now onto the strip. You know, how far can it go? Uh, two locations. Yeah, true. One at the north end, one at the south end. Something like that. Or, uh, um, oh, well, we'll we'll just have to see. For now, best of luck to Tim Arnold with the uh, completion of his um, uh, new location. And we hope he gets to open it uh, really, really soon. Yeah, and while we're... uh we're sending out our best wishes. Let's also uh, give a shout out to, to Roger Sharp, who uh, recently had a bit of a health scare, we understand, but uh, seems to be recovering well. So, uh, thankfully. Best wishes, yeah, best wishes to Roger, and uh, we hope to see you up and about and at uh, a pinball show again before too long. Yeah, definitely. So, um, I suppose this is um, me wishing you a very happy holiday. Yeah, thank you very much. Yes, um, and, it's, I, uh, and it's, it's not exactly the holiday I was expecting in October, where at the start of the year, but I was expecting to be, uh, well, expecting to be in uh, in Chicago, along with you. Yeah. Oh, and uh, speaking of which, is that is that my phone? Oh, <laughs> is it? Yeah. It's almost if you just talk about things that he was going to be involved in, he, he rings you up. Almost as though he's listening, but uh, no, I think that is my phone. That's that must be uh, must be Gary. Right. Usually he's calling me, but I'm I'm surprised that he's calling you. So he does call me as well, you know. Yeah. Okay. So um, have you a a way to hook up your phone? Yeah. We can. uh, I think if I just press this button here. Hello, Gary. Hello. Oh, that sounds terrible. Well, I, oh, I don't think it was me. I don't think I pressed the button. No, I, this is sort of, sort of, some sort of distorted connection. Yeah, sorry, 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 Gary. No, this is not going to work. Please, this is hurting my ears. Turn it oh, away. Right. Okay, that's. Uh, I'll end that. Anyway. Oh, too bad. I figured. It, okay, at least he's trying. You know. Oh, uh, he is. Nobody's. Nobody can say Gary's not trying. So um, no, that's that's too too bad. Um, I'm sure he must have had something really important to uh, to discuss with us. Um, but uh, we'll we'll try again next time, I suppose. Well, perhaps you'll come up with something that you can you can uh, you can talk to him in in your segment uh, covering the the Jersey Jack Pin. Let's, let's see if he gives me a ring. Anyway, yeah. So I'm making another edit here. Uh, obviously, Martin and I were saying goodbye and uh, talking into the. Uh, segment about the uh, New Jersey Jack game that was supposed to be recorded today, but it's already inserted. So, um, as Martin is already on holiday, I'm just going to say uh, until next month and have a good time in between. Keep on flipping. Thanks. Bye bye. Mm-hmm.